Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Well, I want to welcome the online audience who's just now joining us. Thank you for being here today. We're, I'm excited to preach God's Word in here. And to those of you who are out, those of you who are on the road, because I know a lot of people said, I'm going to be out today. I'm going to be out this weekend because we're on the road. So we're praying for your safety. And, and also, Rebecca's not here with us today. She is ill. She was started getting ill yesterday and had fever all night. So she said, just stay home. So she's staying home in bed. So I've been praying for her health and healing so you guys can pray for her uh, for her as well, all right? Well, go ahead and get your Bibles opened up to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 2, verse 1. Acts 2, 1. It's Memorial Day weekend. You guys, did you guys realize that yet? <laughs> it is. It is. And I, and I am grateful for the men and the women who have given their lives for the freedoms that we are able to have here in the United States of America. I'm glad that we can assemble right here in this building in public without any fear of reprisal from the government because we live in the land of freedom. And I'll tell you what, this is not the case in other places of the world. Uh, I, people who complain about America, those people for the most part have never left the borders of this country. They've never seen what it's like in other places. And, uh, and it's, I, I'm just, I love my country. I'm glad to be a part of this country. It was interesting because there was a, uh, there was a, a, a female athlete who was arrested in, uh, in Russia. Some of you guys may have heard about that from, from trying to bring some drugs into the country when she was over there. And she's one of these athletes who refuses to acknowledge America, wouldn't, would not even stand for the national anthem, all that kind of stuff, talked about how she hated America. So she spent a few months in Russian prison. She comes back to America and she goes, oh, I'm going to stand for the anthem. I'm, I love my country now. And I'm just telling you, you leave this nation for a little while, you'll get it. You'll understand. We live in a great land and I'm very, very glad to be a part of it. And I'm grateful for the people who gave their lives for the freedoms that we enjoy. Um, but, uh, and, and the truth is, I might just fire up the grill tomorrow. That sure would be a little bit of fun. I, I think I'm going to get that thing going. I, I, I really hope so. Well, this last week, we, uh, my, my, my wife and my family and I, we met up with our family one evening and we walked over to Pitchy Patchy. How many of you guys know about Pitchy Patchy? Well, it's, it's just, it's three blocks from here. You go there quite a bit. It's, it's, a, it's my favorite New York Italian restaurant. And, uh, and the grandkids, they got into their double stroller there to take their brief journey from the, the City Life building of the whole three blocks over to Pitchy Patchy. And, but there's this huge obstacle that's in the way between here and there and it's called Burnett Plaza. Dun, dun, dun. That is the obstacle. You can't leap over it, no. Uh, it's, this is actually the tallest building in Fort Worth. In fact, there's not another building of that height until you get to Phoenix, uh, heading over toward the West Coast. But, uh, but since Fort Worth has this interesting law that's been in effect or a code that's been in effect for many, many years that says you cannot have any buildings over 40 stories. How many of you guys knew that? That's, that's why we have short high-rises here <laughs> compared to Dallas is because the city doesn't allow anything over 40 stories. And this particular building, just by a few inches, is the tallest building in, in all of Fort Worth. And so, but when you walk past this building on 10th Street, 
I know very, very well what's going to happen. You cannot avoid this wind tunnel effect. And even on calm days when you can't feel the wind blowing at all, the wind still blows strong right in this one little spot at the base of the building. Well, knowing that that was coming up, it was a right about, it was about to happen, I, I turned to the, the grandkids that were in, the, uh, in this double stroller and I said, get ready, get ready, a big wind is going to come and it's going to blow you in the face. And, and, I, and so the eyes kind of got big and I said, it's going to be so much fun. And that's in case you want to know how to deal with, with little issues with children, just tell them it's all going to be so much fun and you find a way to laugh and make it fun. So, so it's going to be so much fun. And i tell you, about one second later, they hit that spot and it Boom! Their, their hair just flying up and flying back. Their eyes got squinty as they were holding on and, and they were laughing and, and, and they, they're just like, oh, wow, Grandpa, wow, wow, wow. And they got to the very end. It was maybe about 15, 30 seconds or whatever. And then the wind completely disappeared. It, it, it was gone. But as that was happening, I just looked at it. I thought, that is just so cute watching these kids experience the wind. And, uh, and, it, and it made me remember when I was younger, I loved experiencing the wind too. I was raised in a, in a wonderful period of, of American history where you could really enjoy the wind. And, I, and we would get into the beds of pickups as they were driving, yeah, it was all legal. It was fine. And I'm telling you, it wasn't just fine. It was fun. Now, I know you can't do that today. Sorry, but it was fun. And so you get into the back of the pickup with your friends. And when you're back there, the wind kind of swirls around. And, and in that swirl, some, some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. So all you can do is hear and listen. It's, see, today you have to go like to Six Flags or something to do a throw ride to get the wind in your hair. Then you just jump in a pickup and go for a ride. So, so the, the wind would swirl and your hair would stand straight up. You'd feel this wind hitting you and you couldn't even talk to the other kids that were in the back because it would be so loud it was, as it was happening. And if you really wanted to enjoy the ultimate measure of wind, what you would do is as the truck was going, you would stand up and hold on You'd hold on to the bed and you would look over the top of that cab and that wind would hit your face at 55 miles per hour and you'd feel it and it's just holding on and enjoying it. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about and you wish you could go back and do it again and I actually do too. But, but the feeling of the wind was a wonderful experience and, and actually I'm talking today about wind. I'm talking about a rushing mighty wind. That rushing mighty wind is actually the Holy Spirit. Talking about the Holy Spirit today that came, that, that arrived on the scene on this Pentecost day as a rushing mighty wind. Now, now, let me tell you about Christianity. Christianity is the largest, it is the longest lasting and continually growing movement in the history of mankind. Did you know that? Absolutely. And the beautiful part about it is you get to be a part. You're a part of Christianity. And the movement of our faith, the, this movement of Christianity, it is unparalleled and it is unstoppable. And today is actually the birth date of Christianity. And it started with this rushing mighty wind. 
Now today we, we see the church of, of Jesus Christ worldwide, and, and, and it's beautiful. We call it the church, and, and the church is made up of these smaller little building blocks that we call local churches, and local churches like ours is actually where the greatest works of God occurs, and, uh, and the church, the church at large, I believe that actually the local church is really the hope of the world. It is, and because of what God does in and through the local church. So the, the beauty of it is we at the local church, we are the stewards of the only message that can impact a person for eternity, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are the only organization, the church is the only, I'm going to say only organization that has repeatedly and consistently influenced the course of history over and over and over in many, many, many beautiful ways. The local church is the only organization that actually nurture, nurtures people and trains them and commissions them and sends them out into their communities to make an eternal difference. And it's all because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit actually abides within the individual building blocks of the local church, which is you and me. See, we followers of Christ we are individual powerhouses. When we get together, that power even increases and is, it becomes exponential. And it's because of the Holy Spirit of God, God's presence in us. We sing a lot about God's presence. We, we experience God's presence, but you, God's presence actually dwells within, within us. And God's presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit is what distinguishes you and me from the rest of the world. It makes us different. Yeah, we are different than the rest of the world. I want you to understand this. Really grab hold of this. You, your body, wherever you go, you are a carrier of God. You're, you're a carrier of God. And, and if, you, if you really grab hold of that and try to understand that, that will change so much of the way that you even do things. I mean, God himself lives in you. So how can you hate yourself? How can you loathe yourself? You know, we, we don't do that because we understand we're the temples of the Holy Spirit. We, can't, we don't even demean other believers because they are temples of the Holy Spirit as well. So God is in the midst of all of this. And since God has made your body the place where he dwells, then understand you're carrying with you the literal God of the universe that created everything. You carry him into your office. You carry him into that classroom. You carry him into the marketplace. You carry him into your homes. You carry him into those really boring meetings that you have to go to. And you carry him into the dark settings and the dark corners of this world. You know, think of it this way. When you walk into a room, sure, you've arrived into that room. But God has just arrived into that room because you just carried him in there. And that's powerful. So as a result of that, I don't want a minimal measure of the Holy Spirit in, our li in my life. I, I don't. In fact, there are actually measures of the Holy Spirit that we can have. You can have a great amount, you can have a small amount, but I, I'm just not satisfied with, with a small measure of his presence. I, I crave more of his spirit. I, I, I want more of his presence. I want as much of the Holy Spirit in me as possible. Basically, it's this, is I want more of God and I want less of me. I want more of God. 
Unless, I mean, I, I think probably one of the greatest tragedies of, if you come to church, to, if you come to our church and, and you come to church and, and you're expecting to encounter God and all you do is encounter Tim Woody. I mean, there's not much here. I'm just telling you that. But when you, when you really begin to understand and cultivate the presence of God in your own life, you'll experience and, 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 and encounter his presence. I know that a lot of people are, are, are a little bit mystified about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as he. So the Holy Spirit is actually a person that, that is a spirit that, that, that goes anywhere and everywhere. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit does a lot of things. There are some denominations or fellowships or some churches that really don't talk much about the Holy Spirit. They just kind of whisper about it because they don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They don't know. And I feel sorry for them because what they're doing is they're just kind of, in many ways, going through the motions, trying to do a lot of things, but they're not doing it with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that, that makes me very sad uh, because in reality, we need, I believe we need more of the Holy Spirit in this day and age than ever before because Satan, the scripture says, Satan knows his time is short and there's an unleashing of demonic forces in this world on a new level. I'm telling you guys, it is on a new level. I'm a pastor. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm seeing. I know what I'm dealing with in the culture. And there's, there's, a, there's a heightened degree of demonic activity and we are able to, dis- we are able to deal with that, to bring it down, and we are able to... to uh, to really wrestle with those demonic forces through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we need him. So what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, there, I, I made a list of several things. The Holy Spirit births the things of God. The Holy Spirit will bring life. The Holy Spirit tells us about things that are to come. The Holy Spirit comforts us. The Holy Spirit counsels us. The Holy Spirit will lead us. Not only lead us, but the Holy Spirit guides us. And the Holy Spirit empowers us, which is one of the things I'm talking about mostly today. But the Holy Spirit also prays through us, through our prayer languages. Uh, The Holy Spirit is a teacher. The Holy Spirit convicts believers of sin because he's within us. And that's why we feel that strong conviction. But at the same time, the Bible says the Holy Spirit convicts even the whole world of sin. Nobody's without excuse because they know, people know in their heart, you shouldn't be doing that. That's, that's, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts. They're called the gifts of the Spirit. It's beautiful. And we're able to minister like Jesus. Nobody gets all the gifts of the Spirit. That's why we need the church. Because when the church comes together, we have all different gifts of the Holy Spirit that are here among us so that we can become the instruments of Jesus not only to each other, but to the world as well. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to bear spiritual fruit or, or the fruit of the Spirit that we often hear about. The Holy Spirit develops overseers and, and the Holy Spirit sends out leaders and the Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus and a whole lot of other things. Uh, I, in fact, we have something coming up in July. You'll hear more about this later, but it's called the Holy Spirit Workshop. And this is something that every single person, I think it's July 17th, that's what's in my head, but, but it's a Saturday in July. But, but this is a day where I just really, really expect every single person to come and, and just, just soak in the presence of God. And we do this once a year, and it's one of my favorite events of the year. In fact, uh, one, of our, one of our connect groups is also a connect group about the Holy Spirit. And it's, not, it's about learning about the Holy Spirit and growing in the Holy Spirit. I think Anthony Miller is the one who's leading that group. So just a lot of opportunities to engage the Holy Spirit. And, and I love, I love what he does. I love what he's doing. And, uh, and I love his fullness in my life. 
You know, back at Easter, we celebrated something called the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? But 40 days after his resurrection, Jesus departed the earth. He left the earth. And at that time, what Jesus was doing is he was setting up the church in motion. He was getting things ready for the church to take off. And 10 days after Jesus ascended, something miraculous happened. Uh, there was this mighty rushing wind that, uh, where, that, that, that came when 120 of the followers of Jesus Christ, there were about 500 that were with him when he ascended in Jerusalem, and, and about 120 of them had come together and they were praying this one morning, and the Holy Spirit just blew in. <laughs> and, 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 and he filled and he empowered these people. It was, there were, there, it, was, it was an incredible sight. And we're going to take a look at that here in just a second. But what's, what's important for you to know is that on this day, 2000, just under 2,000 years ago, 120 people launched the church of Jesus Christ outward. That's why I say today is the birthday, really, of the church. And the church began to grow, and the harvest began to grow, and it hasn't stopped. In fact, as of now, it is estimated there are approximately 2.6 billion Christians on the face of the earth, and that number continues to go up no matter what anybody else is saying. And I, I thank God for that. And we're seeing the greatest growth amongst churches who believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now let's take a look at it. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. I want you to follow with me. And we're going to see what was happening here. Remember, this is, this is actually 50 days after Jesus had ascended. It says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, like the noise of a violent, rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And Tongues that looked like fire appeared to them distributing themselves, and a tongue, that's like a tongue of fire, rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out. Now, what happens here as we continue, we're going to jump down to verse 14 in a second, but what happens in between there, and I'm not going to take the time to read it right now because you can, y'all you are good at reading too, but now there's a description of, of the responses and the reactions that people had when they saw all of this happening. So it was definitely in a public place where most likely this was happening right there at the portico, at the, at the temple, so people could, would actually, were seeing and experiencing what was going on. And, uh, and, and some, of, some of the people were mocking, some were criticizing, some were saying these guys are, are high, they're drunk, or whatever. Uh, other, they, they, they couldn't understand what was going on. There are people from every like, nation that were there because they were there for the Feast of Pentecost, which was a Jewish celebration. We'll learn more about that in a second. All right, look at verse 14. It says, But Peter, taking his stand with the other eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, these are the people that are watching, Men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem know this and pay attention to my words. That's how he starts his sermon. I, I, I'd like to start a sermon. All right, I want you to know this and pay attention to my words. I like that. Good. Thanks, Peter. Okay, these people are not drunk as you assume since it's only the third hour of the day. That would have been 9 a.m. 
But this is what has been spoken through the prophet Joel, and it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will have dreams. And even on my male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And he goes on and on, but that is, that is incredible. So what happened is the Holy Spirit was poured out when that rushing, mighty, violent wind came through. And today it's God's power in us, the power of his Holy Spirit that makes a difference in this world. We are the church of the living God because of the power of the Holy Spirit. But if we, people who believe in Christ, we don't have any power working in us and among us, and I'll just say it like it is, we are no better than some other nonprofit in town that's working really hard to do good things. I love all the nonprofits, not all of them. I love a lot of the nonprofits around us, but uh, they're doing good things. But the church of Jesus Christ should never be diminished to just another nonprofit. We have the power of God in us. You see, if you don't have the power of God in you, you might exist, but you're actually emaciated. And the Bible warns us about this. He warns us about, about uh, something that will happen in the last days, and that's a denial, not of the Holy Spirit, but a denial of Holy Spirit power. And we do see it in our culture around us amongst some people who, who call themselves believers in Christ. Now, in Paul's, uh, one of Paul's letters to Timothy, he lists all these characteristics of people that, that, will, that will be on earth and, and the, 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 the activities of them, what's going on, that are going to mark the last days. And these are actually the things that pervade our society. And this is all listed for us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to put that on the screens for you. 2 Timothy 3, 1. You can look it up in your Bible if you like. Paul says this, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Is everything like smooth and easy for you? How many of you guys just life is so smooth and easy? You just like, yeah. Okay, okay, got okay. So you, we're in, we're in, we got this thing. Difficult times will come. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money. No. <laughs> come on, this is true. Lo boastful arrogant, slanderers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, list goes on and on, unloving, irreconcilable, like they, they, people won't even reconcile. Boy, do we see that. Malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good. Does anyone see that in the culture? Okay, come on, come on. So you see this, this is relevant for now. Treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And then here's this key line. Holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid people like that. I mean, seriously, avoid people like that. That's me talking, and that's Paul talking as well. Now, as I go through that list, 
I'm always convicted by that list because I don't want anything on that list to characterize me. I, I don't want that. Uh, but there's this one thing that has always jumped out at me and it is that last line about, about people who will deny. Actually, it says they, it's a denial of the power of God and it's amongst people evidently who call themselves Christians because they have this form of godliness. So, so, and it says that they're holding on to it. So they, they're holding on to this false belief of powerlessness, which I can't even understand. Why would a person want to hold on to a false belief that, that, that God is powerless? That, and really what that means is they're just, they just don't believe in the power and the working of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you know, it, it, it's like this plastic imitation wood veneer. You ever, you, ever, you ever seen that before? You know, it's not the real deal. And, and you might see it from a distance and look, oh, look at that beautiful wood. And, and you're getting, getting over there, you get a little bit closer and you'll notice how the textures and the colors look right. But when you get right up to it, you realize it's plastic. It's not wood. And having a form of godliness, the look of it, but denying the power of the Holy Spirit is the same thing. And that's not where we will stand. I will never stand for that. And I don't want you either. Thank you. Someone says, me either. Good, good, good. So there was this Old Testament prophet, and his name was Joel. We just read a little bit about what, uh, what Peter said about him. And he spoke about these future events. And, uh, and in this Acts chapter 2 uh, passage that we read just a few minutes ago, we see part of the prophecy where he forecasted what would happen in the, on the day of Pentecost, which actually happened on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem and continues to happen today. Joel describes in, in this passage, it's beautiful in Joel chapter 2, of what God's church is going to look like someday. He wasn't there yet. He was actually living in Old Testament times. And the, the descriptions that he was giving was given was like nothing like what the, what, what the, the, the uh, God's, God's body was at that time, which was the Jewish nation. It just looked very, very different. Because in the Old Testament, under the, what was called the Old Covenant, there were only a few people, like priests and Levites and just a few others, that got to do holy things. Just a few people got to do that. At that time, God's spirit dwelt in a location. It was in the, uh, on the Ark of the Covenant in the most holy place that was in the temple. And occasionally, God's spirit would rest upon certain individuals. And, but again, those instances were very, very seldom. In the Old Testament, up until this time, the Holy Spirit did not abide within people. God, so you, would, you wouldn't be able to carry God wherever you went. And God would only speak to certain people, and God would only reveal things to a select few. But God spoke, and, and when God spoke through the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29, he said there's going to be a day when God will pour out his Holy Spirit on anyone who desires it. All you have to do is desire it. And these people, they're going to prophesy. They're going to have supernatural dreams. They're going to have visions. And this outpouring of the Holy Spirit is going to cross all generational lines. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. I remember being filled with the Holy Spirit when I was seven years old. I will never forget that moment. I'll never forget encountering the power of the Holy Spirit. And 
And it also crosses socioeconomic lines. It doesn't matter if you're the poorest of the poor or the wealthiest of the wealthy. Anyone and everyone can receive the, this, this infilling of the Holy Spirit as well as gender lines because typically in the Old Testament you would see the Spirit of God resting upon men but no longer is that the case, women. <laughs> the Spirit of God can dwell on you and in you and flow through you. That's the beauty of the New Testament. Thank God we're in these days. Here's the truth. Anyone can operate in the power of God. Really, anyone can. The Holy Spirit is, uh, is, is available, and he is available in great measure to anyone. Joel's prophecy and the description of the New Testament, that, uh, New Testament believers, that's us. That's us now. And it's what Jesus set up. It's what he established as he was leaving this earth. So the, the final works of Jesus during those final 40 days between his resurrection and his ascension, uh, what he was doing during that time was he was getting his followers ready. He was prepping everything and everyone so that, so that after the Holy Spirit was poured out, they would be able to literally turn the world upside down. Just a few moments before he ascended into the clouds in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, he, he told them, he said, all right, they don't even know he's getting ready to float up, okay? So, but he has about 500 people there. He's on the Mount of Olives. He's talking to them. And he said, now, I want everybody to wait here in Jerusalem. And now you're going to receive the promise of the Father. And you are going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they tried to change the subject. Well, we want to talk about prophecy. Like, no, Jesus said, no, let's not do that. So then in Acts chapter one, verse eight, he, he, he said this. He says, he basically said, you need this inundation. You need this baptism. You need this, this saturation of the Holy Spirit in your lives because it will empower you and it will change you and you will become bold and you will change the world. And his followers at that point, they were actually already saved. We know this because right after the resurrection, it says that Jesus breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Uh, but, but before they were to try to save the world, before they were trying to turn the world upside down, they needed something more than just that, that the salvation experience. They needed this supernatural power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit in order to do so. So in other words, what Jesus was doing here is he was making it clear that it's the primary duty of the church believers for us to go into all the world and to make disciples. That is our primary duty. That is our number one duty. But he's saying, I will not allow you to do this until you have you have the power of God. I don't want you to try to do this because you need the power of God to be able to function. You need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And that's actually then what launched the church. Yet today, I do know some people, they, they try to do church, but it might look like church, but there's no power. There's no evidence that lives are being changed. And I, I love it. One of the things that I get to do as a pastor is I get to spend time with people from time to time and, and, uh, and, and see and hear the stories of how God has changed and transformed and, and, and healed people's lives and, and how, how God has taken them from this to here. It's beautiful. I'll just tell you guys, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I wish you could just hear it all. It's so, so beautiful. But, uh, but we believe that lives must be changed, and it only happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to remember this, that... The, it, it's, 
it's spoken to us that the challenge of our time by, by Paul to Timothy, that there will be these difficult times that will come. Again, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verses 1, and then verse 5 says, people will be lovers of pleasure. It says, in the last days, difficult times will come. People will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They will be holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. So we must not deny the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why Pentecost is so important. So I want us to take a look at what Pentecost was and what it is. Uh, it's... Uh, and, and the, the, the cool thing about this is, is that the, the day of Pentecost is being celebrated today, not just by the church of Jesus Christ, but it's actually being celebrated by Jews. Because Pentecost literally means the 50th day after Passover. That's what it means. It's, it means 50. Pente means pente, like 50, 5, 50. You know, pente means 50 in Greek. So it, this is, but it's a strategic day on God's calendar. This is not just something that's just kind of thrown out there. In fact, a lot of the, the things we celebrate with Christianity, we don't, you know, we don't know the date. We don't know when it actually happened. But there are a couple things that we know when they happened on the calendar, and one of them is Pentecost because it's in direct correlation with God's calendar of how it was set up years and years ago, long before Jesus even came onto this earth. So, so uh, the, the date of the Jewish Passover is the time of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, all right? So whenever the Jews celebrate Passover, we're also celebrating Jesus' death and resurrection. That's a, that's a beautiful parallel that's there. And so on the Jewish Passover, which is, you know, 50 days before Pentecost, on the Jewish Passover, what they do is they celebrate how God passed over, the, the death angel passed over his people uh, because they saw the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. And so the, the, the firstborn were not, were not killed. And they were set free from Egyptian bondage. That, that's the correspondence with Easter. So that's why uh, we celebrate God's blood sacrifice. We celebrate the resurrection. We, we celebrate the fact that Jesus' blood has been applied to our lives. And like we sang a few moments ago, death doesn't have any power over us, thank God. And, 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 and it also means that we are set free like the, like the Jewish people, they were set free from captivity in Egypt, and we are set free from sin through the blood of Jesus. That's pretty cool, pretty cool parallel. Oh, that, that's, that's Passover, all right? Good Friday, Easter, all that. Well, Pentecost is 50 days after Passover, but there's more. Pentecost is also the celebration of the wheat harvest. Because like, okay, well, that's so okay good go on to the next point pastor tim no i'm gonna stay on this for just a second see because what would happen at that time the wheat would become white so when the wheat is white that means the wheat is ripe and ready for harvest so pentecost is also a harvest festival now, did Jesus say anything in the Bible about harvest? Well, of course he did. See, Jesus equated the harvest of wheat. When the wheat turns white, the harvest of wheat, he compared that to the harvest of people's lives. In other words, people getting saved and coming into his kingdom, people receiving eternal life through him. So Pentecost is about the harvest. It's about people coming to faith in Jesus. In fact, on the day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, through the power of the Holy Spirit, when Peter preached, that's all recorded in Acts chapter 2, when he preached, about 3,000 people got saved. It was an incredible move of God. So, again, you know, let's, let's go back, though, and let's take a look at what, what the, the uh, Jewish Pentecost was about. Jewish Pentecost is also about, is 
the celebration of the launch of the Jewish faith. And I never knew this until recently when I began studying it more in depth that it is actually the celebration of the launch of the Jewish faith. Like, that's kind of interesting because I also know this as the celebration. It's the, the, the birthday of the church. It's when the church was launched. But you see, on this day, they, it, it is the anniversary of when God, God gave his people the Torah, which God gave actually to Moses and then flowed through Moses. So when Moses went up on Mount Sinai, he had this power encounter and there was actually wind and there was actually fire at that moment as well. Some incredible parallels. And he went up there and God gave him his word and God established the nation of Israel and God established the Jewish faith at that time on Mount Sinai. So Pentecost is the Jewish celebration. They're celebrating right now the beginning of Judaism. So Flipping it over to the Christian calendar, the same day we right now on Pentecost Sunday are celebrating not only what Pentecost meant, but what it means now. Today is happy birthday to the church. A few minutes later, we're going to be singing happy birthday to Jack, and I'm, I'm glad for that, but I'm also very glad about happy birthday to the church. So this was actually a fulfillment of prophecy. So uh, Pentecost is actually the arrival of what Joel prophesied. Uh, It's about the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit, the outpouring of his power. And this would, again, change everything because on this day, people were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were empowered. They were emboldened. And they, they changed the world. And God began working powerfully God began working powerfully through any individual who so desired that infilling of the Holy Spirit. So well, what is Pentecost now? Well, to right now, Pentecost is the empowerment to make disciples. That's really what it is. God's servants, us, we are now empowered to fulfill the Great Commission. Of course, there are a lot of other benefits to the Holy Spirit working in and through our lives. And they're great. They they all come through the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And I listed a lot of those earlier at the beginning of this message. But being empowered by the Holy Spirit, more than anything, it's about being able and being ready and being courageous enough to get into the spiritual harvest field and to see people come to Christ. Um we're launched into this spiritual harvest field through the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So it's right for us to celebrate this day. That's, that's what Pentecost is about. Pentecost is the birthday of the church. And Jesus, what he did is he came to, to fulfill all of those ancient uh, feasts and celebrations that the Jewish people had and they still have, but to give them robust, new, functional meaning, meaning for us today. And because of what happened on Pentecost 2,000 years ago, we celebrate on this Pentecost day, we celebrate the power of the Holy Spirit, we celebrate the presence of God that works among us and flows through us and we celebrate the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And, and that is, that, and my heart cry, my heart cry is that we can celebrate more and we can celebrate with, with this strength and, and, and let it flow from not only our lips, but from our hearts as well. You know, at City Life, we have four, what we call core values. And, uh, and they're, they're all very meaningful to me, but this one core value is, is so important to who we are. I want you to see this, and I want you to get this, and I want you to hear these words. 
because this is all about our desperate, continual need for the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, church, I need more of the Holy Spirit just like you do. We all need more. That's what this is about. See, receiving Holy Spirit fullness is not a one-time thing. In fact, we see throughout the, the New Testament that, that, that uh, even the disciples would come back and be filled again with his Holy Spirit. This, this core value is called Holy Spirit presence. Holy Spirit presence. And it's described this way. It says we highly value the presence of God. That one line right there is so critical to us. So critical. Listen as, as it's developed a little bit. It says, we know that without the presence of God, we're wasting our efforts. Therefore, we call upon the Holy Spirit to be present and active both in our lives and in our gatherings. We invite the Holy Spirit through prayer. See, one of the things that we do here at the beginning, even in our gatherings, is we pray. We pray before the service even begins. And then we have a time of worship and we worship. So, so we invite the Holy Spirit through prayer, through worship, and through right living. And we desire, look at this, we desire to overflow with the fruit of the Spirit and operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's who we are. And it's all about the blessing of Pentecost. It's a cornerstone for us. It's about us being a container of the Holy Spirit and a conduit of the Holy Spirit individually, but also as a church. I want more of Him. I need more of Him. So I, you know, my, my cry is this. I decided just to put it up on the screens as well. Like, God, may we be a people of Holy Spirit presence. A church empowered and a church launched and a church that is harvesting where we are doing our job. Today, I'm asking for a fresh filling of His Holy Spirit, a spirit that, in, that, that, that just empowers us, a spirit that keeps our lives pointed in the right direction and, and where we are led by the Spirit, following the direction of the Holy Spirit, keeping our eyes open to the harvest that's available all around us. It's that Spirit that drives us and motivates us and emboldens us to, to, be, to be witnesses of Jesus, to even invite people to church. That's why we have invitation cards scattered throughout this building. You can't pass through a door without seeing a big stack of those to take them and to, to give them out, to invite. To, it's a simple way of letting the Holy Spirit work through you. You see, this desire to reach others with the gospel of Christ, to grow his kingdom, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what Pentecost is about. Pentecost really, honestly, makes us fully engaged Christians. That's what it does. It eliminates this, this, this temptation to be afraid of the culture. It eliminates this temptation to be afraid of what's going on around us or to, or to, to hunker down and just to simply exist and to barely get by. See, every one of us, we have this temptation, well, I just want to make my life more comfortable. <laughs> we all have that temptation. We do. And uh, this work of the Holy Spirit keeps nudging us. It's not all about your comfort. You've got an eternity of that coming. All right? So just, just hang on here. I've got something for you to do right now. I want you to get more people into heaven for me. See, the power of the Holy Spirit because of Pentecost keeps us 
keeps us on task. It keeps us on mission. There's an opportunity for us that I, this is, this is a very specific call to action. We're going to pray here in just a minute. We're going to worship. We're going to have some more time of worship and just indulging in the presence of God. But, but uh, there's, there's an apartment complex right across the street, just literally a block and a half from us. And it's called the Henderson Apartments. And we are going to be canvassing that apartment. We have permission to do so. All these apartments around here are all locked down, so you can't get in unless you get permission, whatever. But, but we actually have a unique opportunity with permission to go to the Henderson Apartments, and we're going to take a little bag of goodies, a little flyer in there that says, Walk to Church. Just come to City Life Church. It's real hard, a <laughs> block and a half away. We don't say, it's not going to say it's real hard in there, but that's, that's a, that, that, it'll just make it very, very clear that we're right there. And, and we're going to pray over those. And all we're going to do is we're just going to simply go and put those on the, the, the doorknobs of every single apartment over there. And it's going to take us maybe a couple hours. We'll come together about 9 o'clock in the morning. We'll have some, a little bit of stuff to get us going, some coffee and some water, and some quick training on what to do. And it's simple. You may not even run into a person to talk to them, but, but it, the, the main thing is we want to invite as many people to church as possible. That right there is a mission field. It really is. It really, really is. The apartments all around here, they're mission fields for us. So we're looking to do this in other apartments as well, but it's going to be based upon, can we, can we do this one? And I think we can. And I need your help. On a Saturday morning, it's going to be on June 17th. Mark your calendar. It's from about 9 to 11. Just come together. We're going to do it. Go over there. This is a perfect opportunity to bring your kids. Bring, bring your children. Let them help you out. And, and, uh, and let's get that place just, just covered with the love of Jesus and pray through that place as well. But that's what, that's what people who have the Holy Spirit in them do. We do things like that. We do things like that because we care about God's kingdom. So here, here's something you can do. If you just, again, mark your calendar for June 17th. But I'd like to, get a, I'd like to know who's going to be here and get a reminder out to you. So I'm going to ask you to do something, something significant here. Grab a, a, one of those next cards that's in front of you. Just grab one and just put your first, last name, phone number, and just mark on the front of the card. Just write the word Henderson. If you write the word Henderson, I'll know. Those will all come to me, and I will be back in touch with you regarding more of the details on that. So go ahead, grab, grab, one, of those, grab one of those next cards, fill it out, and then when you're done, and you can also, you, you, I think you can fill it out online when you get to the comment section. You can fill it out through the app. Come to the little comment section. Just write the word Henderson on there. And, uh, and w- when you do that, that's, again, going to let me know. The way to get rid of those cards, to get them into our hands, you can just leave them right here drop them off at the next area, but you can leave them on their seats. It's, it's pretty easy to do that. Uh, so while you're doing that, while you're filling that out, I just want us to pray. I want us to pray that the Holy Spirit will even begin to be activated right over there so that in four weeks when we, when we are over there, that, uh, that the, the ground is already prepared spiritually. So, so, you know, if you just stretch your hands at that, that, kind of toward that screen over there where those, that part, put that slide back up so we can see it again. That, that's, a, that's a picture of the front steps of it. So, 
That's right across. That's just a block and a half away. Just stretch your hands that way. Let's begin to break. God, we, we pray for lost people. God, we pray for the harvest. Lord, you, you said that the, that the fields are white to harvest and you're looking for laborers, God. So we want to be in the harvest field. We want to be full of your spirit and go into the harvest field and to do something so simple as just to give invitations to a whole apartment complex to come to church. And so we pray your blessing that. And we pray your blessing over the Henderson right now. We pray that that, that place will just be saturated with your presence and that, that you will... Uh, that you will give us open doors and hungry hearts. Even now, God, God, I, I know from statistics that, that approximately only up to 2% of the people who live in these apartments here downtown go to church. So, Lord, that, that 98% that's in there who's not in church, we pray for conviction on them, whether they're, they're in bed, whether they're hungover, or whether they're thinking about what, what they're going to be doing for the weekend, or whether they're watching Netflix. God, just get a hold of them right now and begin to work in their hearts and give them a hunger. Give them a hunger and a desire for the things of God so that when they receive these invitations, they'll be able to even begin to follow through in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. That's, that's a practical opportunity. But one of the things I want us to do before we go further is I, I felt in my heart I want to do something unique. I haven't done this in a long, long time. And, uh, and, and I, I, I had to check my heart. Like, why haven't I done this in a long time? Um, and, and, and as I'm looking around here, I don't, I don't believe we have any visitors or guests in here today. So, it's, so that's, that's okay. Um, because this is, I just got to tell you, there was a time where I would call us up to the front regularly and we would pray and and uh and i just had some there were some some people that they don't go to church anymore but they were just mean about it and they said they didn't like that and they didn't want me to do that anymore and it just made them mad and angry and i, I don't know I, I just i don't like fighting with people but i guess it, i didn't realize it until just yesterday that i guess i had inadvertently acquiesced to their um demands uh, I don't care because <laughs> I, I want you to experience everything God has for you. So I'm just going to ask since you guys all go to church here to go ahead and I'm going to ask you to stand if you're able to stand and to come all just come fill the front because we're going to pray together. We're going to pray and worship together. If you're watching online, I want to thank you for joining us. We're going to go ahead and dismiss our service. God bless you and uh, look to see you next week, hopefully in person. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.